I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As we continue with headlines, we're going to talk about the Combine here, but instead of talking about the Combine, let's talk with somebody who is at the Combine right now and um, who was at the podium for both uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud live-tweeted the whole thing. Brooks Cabina, our uh, Texans insider, who joins us each and every Friday, normally in studio with us at 720, but he's at the Combine. We're in Florida, and he is busy, but he's carving out a few minutes for us here to join us and give us his impressions of what he's seen out there so far. Brooks, how's Indianapolis treating you? Oh, dude, it's just wet and rainy, but y'all don't care about that. Uh, quarterbacks coming in, I mean, first of all, I just walked away from podium number one, stood there all for about an hour, Talk to just talk to Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback. That guy is low key hilarious. That was that was such a Ooh. great interview that he had. Uh, he was talking about um, there was a reporter came up and I uh, asked him if he you know considered himself a project, and he's like I don't even know what that means. And then uh, uh, he was he was just dropping jokes throughout the time, and uh, I, I asked him about like you know whether he was going to run a forty um, and how fast he thought it would be. He's just like I, I'd say it's fast. Someone's like. Well, how fast? Do you do you have a goal set up there? He's like, yeah, my goal is fast, um, and I'm delivering <laughs> it terribly. But the guy is, guy is a really good personality. Wherever he goes, that'll be a fun interview to have. Yeah, was there anybody that uh, you know disappointed as a quarterback at the podium? Uh, no, I've only talked to three. So, talked to Bryce Young, talked to C.J. Stroud, talked to Anthony Richardson. All of them uh, carried themselves differently. Uh, they represented themselves with different personalities. And um, what what I took away from Bryce Young. I mean, obviously, he, he knew just about everybody and everybody else in, in, in the combine knew that the questions about his size were coming and the criticisms that come along with that. And he addressed that throughout the time, and I, I thought it was really interesting how he took it. I mean, he would took it instead of deflecting and becoming defensive. He basically he, he did verbalize it and say, hey, look, I know those questions are coming and those are fair and you can ask them. And I, I just have to represent myself, and I feel like these are good. Like, he handled that with a grace that I think is, is pretty notable um, and what I took away from C.J. Stroud was he really wanted to show um, the confidence he had in himself. He dropped several times that he felt that he was the best player in, the, in college football the last couple of years, and had he not lost a couple of games in Ohio State, he felt he had won two Heisman. So really try to project that he is the top guy because um, obviously he's probably seeing all the projections that you know Bryce Young is the, the first quarterback off the board and that maybe he – he wants, to, he wants to show that he believes he's the number one overall quarterback. So those were kind of the main takeaways from each of those guys, and uh, they knew what kind of questions were coming, and uh, you know, it, was, it was interesting to talk to those guys. So Bryce Young will not be throwing at the combine while the other top prospects will. Was there anything right. that C.J. Stroud said that we could interpret as throwing shade at Bryce Young? 
No, well, not, not, right. not that I saw. Damn. But with Bryce obviously talking about his size, uh, ask him about uh, his weight, his what he's trying to get up to. He says he's around 200. So tomorrow we'll find out how close around 200 is if that's the all 191 roundup or you know where where around is that can be very um uh taken very uh liberally so we'll see that um the the, the other question i had for him was that you know, how does he put the weight on how does he keep it on i uh, didn't really get into many specifics but kind of named the alabama nutritionist and said you know try to take care of his body try to make sure he puts those things on because obviously that it's 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 uh, obviously his height is uh, is a question and about whether um, he can uh, you know make make decisions and be brought back in the pocket and all those kind of questions. But it was really always about his durability, uh, whether he can take the hits, and uh, if he's up to around 200 and that's something that he can keep on, that's gonna you know, th- that will answer a lot of questions. And if he can, if that's just uh, I don't know. I'm, obviously, I'm just uh, joking here, but like if it's just he's chugging water before. Uh, getting on the scale tomorrow that's that's not going to translate to the football field so sean and i um, are looking at um like these uh these contraptions that are like padded butt underwear <laughs> and look at that fruity booty on here sean this guy like uh we figure if if bryce gets oh, up there in a bodysuit or yeah. wearing like these spanks butt visually or something, you yeah. look heavier yeah yeah are those actually heavy though that's the thing right. those are that's that looks like a muscular I should have spent more time at the podium, like actually looking up and down, saying, "Okay, where, where is yeah. he? Where, where is his body at?" Right, so, checking out his butt. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, yeah, exactly. Sean, they weigh in though. They weigh in, you Why know, shirtless pictures. What's going on? What? Uh, I mean, I'm just here, you know, doing. My <laughs> <job>. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, this is, so this is, people want to know. Look. That's right. Uh, Brooks Kubina joining us live from Indianapolis. Oh, you can get him with a front pouch, too, Sean. I feel like you're about to buy three or four of these things. <laughs> Seth is into this. guy's got bulges everywhere. <laughs> um, what, what was the big topic or takeaway from C.J. Stroud? Well, uh, you know, the big topic was how he was projecting himself, how he felt that he was uh, the, the top quarterback the last two years. But I, I think when it comes to him as a pure quarterback in those conversations um the most notable thing he said was that he felt that he he's a he's a a pass placement specialist he prides himself on accuracy and those are the things that gms and coaches around here are going to salivate about you'll see that on saturday um and you can turn on the tape and see it too i've watched it and that's his that's his strength he and i asked him about where um that comes from where he whether there was a time when he wasn't accurate, where, where he might have gone with that. And, and in high school, he, he said he, he credited his high school coach, and they would run bubble screens. And if he didn't hit his receiver on the outside shoulder right where it needed to be, he had to do 10 push-ups. I doubt he's had to do too much push-ups anymore, but maybe he got his upper body strength from that. Uh, but that's, that's going to be his strength, being in the pocket, being able to deliver passes um, right where they need to be. Um, you know, there was, there was the Georgia game where he showcased a little bit of how he can get out of the pocket, how he can roll out. But he admitted he didn't do that as much as college, and he wished he had, uh, and he believes that there's a lot on tape that people can point to. But he says he's capable. So we've seen it on film that he is capable in some capacity in some games. Uh, but obviously that's going to be a question for um, you know some of the things that he can do at the combine here, some of the workouts he'll do at his pro day and things like that. Co- coaches, GMs, they're going to want to see how he's going to be able to manage under pressure because that was always the comparison between him and Bryce Young, was that Bryce Young looked confident, looked poised in the pocket, looked how he can move around and manage those things. And C.J. Stroud showed that at times, but 
um, they'll, they're, they're going to want to see more of that because obviously both of these quarterbacks are going to go to teams that are picking that high for a reason, mm-hmm. and uh, they may be on the run for a little bit early in their careers and might need to manage that. You know, uh, one of my favorite parts of every year is how uh, NFL personnel people will talk about how silly it is that they might be affected by these physical tests like the 40 times and whatnot. Uh, and then every single year, <laughs> some, some guys show up and run blistering 40s. And uh, lo and behold, yeah, people get excited about them. It, yeah. it, it seemed like with the edge rushers yesterday, that was the big story. I, which, frankly, you saw all these edge rushers running wide receiver type times. Is there... Do you feel like there perhaps was some actual and genuine movement in people's draft boards yesterday? I, you know, it, you tell me, Seth. How 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 many times did you run forty yards? You know, like I don't, right. I don't, I, I just the burst of speed right off the ball. Maybe that shows just their explosivity. The ten um, yard, the stuff. ten yard does make sense. Like that's a that's sure. a, there's a there's a better core, and those were like freakishly fast too. Yeah, and that that shows just you know there there's there's just great athleticism in that and I, I actually got the this is the first year that reporters have been able to go and sit in at lucas oil stadium and watch uh the players and i got to do that for a little bit i left too early i left before all the guys were uh you know beating christian mccaffrey's time in the 40s so um but i i, I don't know i think i think that definitely can I, i've been told i've asked some coaches and, and scouts this before about like what those actually matter for and sometimes those are just tiebreakers. Sometimes those are like, okay, we know all we know all about what we've put on film and tape and, and scouted this person, but like, if 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 that if, if they just jump off the board in one of these traits, one of these tests, uh, more than than we expected, then then that can help break a tie. So I, yeah. in terms of like moving up on the draft board, if they were tied with somebody else, uh, that that can definitely. Uh, help move someone up because uh, I don't think anybody's going to be handing the ball off to any defensive lineman. But um, to again, to explosivity, getting out in ten yards that that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, too. the whole like the it's the sum total of the test too. But I think Trayvon Walker last year was a guy that like based on his actual play in college should not have been a number one overall pick, um, mm-hmm. but. He was just such a freakish athlete. Like, he was the rare exception, I think, for at least the Jaguars moved him up into number one overall. But I think there were a lot of teams. Like, I don't, I like just knowing the way Casario's wired, I think he probably wouldn't have moved Trayvon Walker up as much on his board because of his athleticism. Because it wasn't, I always look at it like, okay, if you're that much of a freak in college and you're playing on a really good defense, then how come you aren't producing more? Um, and it, it should be more of a, a knock against you sometimes when you don't produce with that athleticism. Right. Nobody in nobody in the stadium yesterday, like you know, threw up their clipboards in frustration when Will Anderson ran, ran a four six nine. They're like, "Well, that's it." Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm that guy. You know, all the, all the things that we saw that that did it. Have you gotten a sense for like maybe how people are genuinely feeling about Bryce Young's size? Like, how much are there some people for which it is just too big an obstacle to overlook, and then others at the other end of the spectrum? There was there were some coaches I've talked to who did bring that up as a legitimate concern. That's gotten less in the recent weeks, um, and it's not always the same person I'm talking to. So it's it's a wider range of opinions. Um, I, I do think him showing up, and if he does weigh in at 200, and that looks like something he can keep on, I think that's probably going to go a long way. Brooks Cabina joining us live from Indy. Hey, Brooks, before we get you out of here, I'll ask a similar question to what Seth just asked you, but uh, about a very different player in different situation. Jalen Carter. What's the buzz around the combine right now with the Jalen Carter situation? 
Yeah, um, I was at the podium ready to talk to him whenever uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution broke the news. So we were we were all scrambling. That became the topic of the day. Um, uh, he uh, went back to uh, address the arrest warrant, um, checked into jail, the paid paid bail, came back, and yesterday he was actually in the stadium. Uh, it didn't work out, but he's still completing a lot of his uh, his, his duties at the combine um so a lot of the questions just uh, you know we're mingling with people and late into the night talking about scenarios um you know this is the kind of thing that can drop draft stock so um is this something that gets resolved what what more information is going to come out um will teams still feel comfortable uh taking uh jalen carter in the top 10 is that something where the texans are sitting at 12 and they're like okay well you know this was number one overall and based on the information this is a player that um you'd be comfortable taking um those are questions that are still going to be answered as information comes out so uh, but what this immediately does if he drops him out of the top three as it pertains to the texans only some of the conversations i've been asking some of the questions i've been asking is does this does this make it a surefire trade for the bears at number one so if the bears aren't in on will anderson let's say um they want really wanted Jalen carter now they can't take him number one overall are they are they more desperate to trade that pick? And if so, are other teams more ready uh, to know that and therefore would uh, ask for a lower price? So are, are the Colts sitting there at four trying to jump to one saying, you know what, I'm just throwing out three first-round picks? No, we're not doing that anymore. And then that price doesn't go for the Bears, but they're floating it to other people. Does it become more fluid? Do the Texans suddenly find the price being affordable enough to jump to number one and take their guy let's just say it's a take your number two and one of your next firsts uh in 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 the next year is that a deal the texans would work on so the jalen carter situation has made uh the draft definitely um there there, there's definitely um a serious undertone to this obviously a legal matter of the one of his teammates died one of the staffers died for georgia but i mean Part of part of covering the combine here is trying to understand how it affects the draft, and um, that's something that's made uh, everything a, a little bit more up in the air now. No doubt, Brooks Cabina covering the combine out in Indianapolis, Houston Chronicle, and obviously uh, part of Sports Radio six ten. Our team here as well. He is our Texans insider, Brooks Cabina. Hey, Brooks, appreciate you making a few minutes. Go do what you need to do, and keep up the great work. We'll see you back in Houston, man. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. See y'all then. I thanks. Good stuff. Brooks's timeline is great. If you want a synopsis of what these quarterbacks, the answers to the questions and things like that, he's basically live tweeting the whole thing. It's a really good way to catch up if you're not able to check out the video of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, the quarterbacks all met with the media. The three big ones met with the media today. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. We'll talk more about that as the show rolls along. But we go from Indianapolis, this segment, to the ballpark of the Palm Beach's next segment. Adam Spillane is over at the ballpark right now. Uh, we'll get thoughts on things happening over there this morning, some of the things that Dana Brown had to say to him yesterday. And, uh, and this week, in total, uh, Adam Spillane down here with us in West Palm Beach. Thanks to Shapa's John Deere for bringing us down here. Adam Spillane joins us live from the ballpark next. Oh, but first, oh, that's right. I got to talk to my guy, Mattress Mac. Yeah, we got Mattress Mac on the line right now. And it's time for Max Picks, the founder, the owner of Gallery Furniture, Mattress Mac, Jim McInvale, joins us each and every week. And Mac, we know you got that big Coog promotion going on. It's college basketball season. March is here. It's basketball season, Mac. It's basketball season, full tilt, and the Coog's number one in uh, all three uh, 
rankings. So the Cougs are hot. If you come out of gallery furniture right now, buy $5,000 better with furniture. Even the Adam Sean markdown as much as 72% off. Buy 5000 more. Have it delivered today. Free, free, free. If the Cougs won it all on April 3rd at NRG Stadium, get your furniture free, free, free. The opportunity of a lifetime to buy a room full of household furniture and get it all free, free, free. Yeah, no, free, 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 no doubt about that. And, Mac, we got the conference tournament coming up next week, then the big tournament after that, but there's still regular season basketball to be played. Cougs win last night. Now they've got Memphis coming up on Sunday in Memphis. I'm looking ahead. Cougs a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you got? On Sunday, I like the Cougs. I, I'm, I'm uh, red and white all the way. The Cougs are a really good team. They play great defense, as you know, rebound great, and uh, score a whole lot more points than the opponents. The Cougs are great at winning. I think they're going to beat Memphis and roll right into the tournament. Yeah, we hope that's the case. Mac, tell them again, this big Coug promotion you got going on is huge. And this one is different because it's everything in the store is available with this promotion you've got going on. Yes, sir. Anything in the store, even the items marked down 40, 50, 60, 72% off. Sean, come out, buy a room full of house full of furniture, get it delivered the same day, free, free, free. Coug's won it all. Your furniture's free. It's the opportunity of a lifetime to furnish your house with the best made in America furniture world and get it delivered today. And the Coug's won it all on April 3rd. Your purchase is free, free, free. That's huge. That's huge. That's a great mattress, Mac. Mac, thanks. We appreciate the time. Sean, great talk to you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Indeed, indeed, it is Payne and Pendergast live in Florida. And we go out now to the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. He's been here with us 
all week long here in Florida at Astros Spring Training, and he is over at the facility right now as he's been over there every morning uh, getting info, talking to people. He talked to Dana Brown yesterday, Astros GM. Been doing a great job for us all, all week long here as he does all year long for us, covering the Astros. Adam Spillane joining us right now on the show. Spo, what's happening over at the yard this morning, getting ready for Atlanta, I see? It is a little windy here right now. I don't know if you can hear it. It kind of died down about a second ago, but it's been a little bit windy. Roger Clemens is in camp. Uh, Roger Clemens and Jeff Bagwell on a golf cart together going out to the backfield. So that's kind of been uh, the main takeaway so far from today. The Astros will be starting a bunch of their regulars in this game. Uh, Alex Bregman will make his spring debut, Jose Altuve and Jeremy Pena in the lineup as they get ready for the uh, WBC, and same with Martin Maldonado and Kyle Tucker. So uh, just about everyone that you would want to see in, in a game will be playing for the Astros, and Jose Arquiti will be on the mound. You know, I know, uh, look, Bagwell was kind of a big figure of intrigue while the Astros were operating without a general manager. That's died down since Dana Brown has taken over. And But I do think that I, I, Bagwell's position and role in the team is intriguing because it's just taken on a much more, I guess, full-time dynamic over the last couple of years. He was in a uniform yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Showering in the clubhouse (laughs) afterwards. Um, Yeah, what what can you say about that maybe and how Bagwell's role has evolved over the last couple of years? I mean, he's in uniform again today. I mean, he he is very much involved. It looks like, though, he's he's working uh, with the minor leaguers on the backfield. So I, I, I really don't know what exactly his role is. I just know that he's around and he's involved, even though he has said in the past he really doesn't want to be that involved, but uh, he is very much involved with what they're doing. So, you know, in terms of decision-making, you know, I, I think that's kind of Dana Brown's department and, and Jim Crane's department, but he, he's definitely going to have a voice. And, you know, how loud that voice is, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I do find it interesting that, you know, we saw him yesterday in Jupiter. He was in the clubhouse, like you said, Sean, after the game. And then I, I'm here today, and I see him in the golf cart with Clemens in uniform going out to, to the backfields to, I assume, work with minor leaguers. So his, his uh, stamp on this, on this organization will be very apparent, I think. Is Clemens in uniform, too, or is he just wearing like a golf was, shirt or something? I, I think he was just wearing a golf shirt. I, I posted a photo of the two of them in the golf cart. I don't remember exactly what Clemens was wearing, but I don't okay. think that he was in uniform. Because I saw Clemens, while we were watching the game yesterday, I looked back on uh, – uh, they had MLB Network on, and he was being interviewed. It was oh, it was during a Red Sox game, I think. Um, you know, the, talking about the Astros, it does it. They're like slowly one player at a time, full, f- pulling all these greats back into the organization. They I think. pulled Reggie Jackson, and he was never he even an even Astro. <laughs> he was never even in to begin with. If you're a Hall of Famer, look the hell out. I do feel <laughs> it, it's funny because given the dynamic from you know. You know, eight years ago, it seemed like the Astros were trying to get rid of anybody and everybody that was ever associated with the team. It's got a much different feel now. You know, and obviously Craig Biggio is around, and we saw him yesterday uh, in Jupiter. And Clemens was actually, so he was at that Phillies-Red Sox game. He was there for the Phillies because of Rob Thompson, who is their, uh, he, he's the, Rob Thompson's Phillies manager. He was, uh, he was uh, in the Yankees organization when Clemens was there. And I believe uh, Clemens' son Cody is now with the Phillies. He was traded from the Tigers uh, in the offseason. So he's got more ties now to the Phillies than he does to the Red Sox. But yeah, I think Clemens is really good. He's making the rounds here in Florida. Adam Spillane joining us live from the ballpark of the Palm Beaches over at Astros Spring Training. Um, so, Spo, yesterday's game, it was interesting. You look at the box score and Valdez and Christian Javier had, by results, very similar performance. But what do you see? I think the most intriguing thing about this spring training is the pitch clock, especially with 
with some of these pitchers that, that work at different paces. What did you see from both Valdez and Javier when it comes to operating in this new ecosystem that we're in? Yeah, obviously Javier, I think, is a guy who won't be impacted by the pitch clock, at least initially. He's a guy who I think he works normally works pretty quick. Uh, Valdez likes to take his time, and, you know, he's big on breathing and making sure, you know, that he's all set when he's delivering pitches. And, you know, that's been a big thing. Chandler Rome has written about this in the past where he was working with a sports psychologist in uh, Dr. Andy Nunez, and that's been a big thing with Andy Nunez. Breathe, collect yourself. Uh, before you make your pitches and so you know that's an adjustment that he's going to have to make is that he's going to have to really gather himself much quicker you know i I just we've we've talked so much about the pitch clock since we've been here and we've talked about it for the uh you know the pitchers the 15 seconds the 20 seconds we talked about it for the hitters being engaged with the pitch by the time the pitch clock gets to eight the one part that we haven't talked about is the in-between innings pitch clock. And I think that has actually been what's been enforced more so far in these spring training games, is that you have two minutes and 15 seconds from the last out of the previous half inning to get your warm-up pitches in to let the catcher throw down to second base and then be ready to, to deliver your first pitch. And I believe the Astros yesterday, or maybe it was another game, uh, they were called for four of those violations. And so they're starting out the inning on a 1-0 count. And I think that's one area that you're going to see really be impacted by the pitch, uh, by the pitch clock. Because remember, um, if you have a catcher who is on deck or on base at the end of an inning, it takes a little while for that catcher to come back in the dugout, get the gear back on, and then get out mm-hmm. behind home plate. So that's just, just keep an eye on that. It's 2.15 for a normal game, and then it's 2 minutes and 40 seconds for a national game. That's, why, that's another reason why that Mets game that we were at on Tuesday went a little bit longer is because they had the extra commercial breaks in there that were 30 seconds longer. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. I wonder if they'll end up having to tweak that for catchers at some point. You know, you know, it, it occurred to me as we were talking about various older guys from the Astros coming back into the fold. Will Wagner, um, son of Billy Wagner, uh, obviously created kind of a clamor in the press box yesterday when people from the Cardinals realized that Billy Wagner was up there uh, in the same game as Adam Wainwright. So everybody's <laughs> trying to figure out exactly like, okay, when did Billy Wagner and Adam Wright, Wainwright play in the same games against each other <laughs> or what have you? Um, what, what about Will Wagner and how he's performed so far this spring? He's had a good camp. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's a left-handed hitter. He was a guy who uh, never really took the pitching. You know, His dad was a great closer and has a chance to uh, he'll probably be inducted into the Hall of Fame next year. He came really close this year, but he just never took to pitching. And so, you know, he kind of was always a hitter. He always kind of gravitated towards the hitters whenever he was around uh, his dad's teams. And uh, I, I don't think that he is considered to be or has been considered to be a prospect. But, you know, if you show out well in, in spring training, especially when you have a new general manager, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, some doors start to open for you whenever you can have a chance to impress the new guy. So, the fact that he's had a good camp so far and and uh, and had productive at bats seemingly every time that he's come up, you know that only bodes well for him going forward. Adam Spillane joining us live from the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Uh, Spo, before we get you out of here, we saw you tweet out today's lineup. So we get a top four in the lineup of. Altuve, Pena, Tucker, and Bregman. So that'll be fun for the first handful of innings while those guys are in. Um, you talked to Bregman earlier this week. He seems really optimistic about this season. What are we hoping to see from Alex Bregman today and in spring training this year? Yeah, he's, he's healthy, and I think that's been the big thing for him the last few years where, you know, 2020 he had the hamstring injury, cost him a bunch of time. 2021 he had multiple leg injuries, cost him a lot of time. And I, I remember uh, during that 2021 season when he's rehabbing, uh, I think it was a quad strain, uh, he said that this is it. I'm knocking this out right now. 
Um, this is the last time I'm ever going to have to deal with this leg stuff. And then last year he comes in and he plays 155 games and he got better as the season went on. So I think that was really encouraging that he played better as the season got on. You know, he had a close to a 900 OPS after the all-star break, after he struggled a little bit to start the season. So the fact that he was healthy really didn't have to have, you know, he had an elbow surgery one year. He had a wrist surgery after the 21 uh, season. Uh, he had, um, the leg stuff too that that uh, that impacted him. So the fact that he really didn't have to worry about any of that, he just had the finger that he that he hurt uh, during Game Six of the World Series. That was really important for him, and I think that he's in a really good place right now. As uh, this is, he's got a big couple of years. He's got two years left on his contract, so uh, he's starting to to think contract extension. Obviously, that's something that has been talked about, and uh, he's going to want to get every single dollar, and that's what he should want to get. And so, if he has a big year this year, then that can really set him up well moving forward. Adam Spillane joining us live from over at the Astros facility, the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Uh, uh, Spo, uh, we'll see you back here when you get over here. Great job all week long, man. You've crushed it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Glad, glad we did this. And uh, thanks to uh, Shapa's JD for sending us out here. Absolutely. Shapa's John Deere. Good job, Spo. Getting a sponsor mention in there, too. A true pro. Adam Spillane. Nice job, Spo. We'll see you back here. All right. Sounds good. All right. There it is. Yep, there it is, Adam Spillane. Another one of the uh, great untold stories of spring training was yesterday's uh, near extreme embarrassment by me when um, uh, we were walking towards the press box to go down to talk to Javier at the time. We were going out to talk to Javier. Javier and Fromber and yeah, all those guys. And, yeah, and uh, there was a group of Astros fans walking towards me, and I heard Seth a couple times. You yeah. don't hear your own name. So I heard Seth a couple times. Yeah, and I did one, too. One of the women, yeah, you were too. So I you guys kept you. walking on, and they approached me, and one of the women said, hey, can we get a picture? And I thought, oh, sure. And I was just about to like, kind of like – you know, position myself to take selfies with the group. When I heard one of the guys in the group say, yeah, we're going to have to send that to Seth. So, like, I realized, oh, oh they're talking about a different Seth. They wanted you to be the This photon. woman wants me to take the picture of them. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so glad I heard that guy because uh, that would have that, that would have been embarrassing, man. If, uh, if they were like, because I'm sure they would have been polite, you know, Astros fans. Right. I'm like, sure, absolute stranger, we'll take a picture. Yeah, with but you. you, but you're That's okay. But you're about like a but like if I'm if there's a line where it's appropriate for you to think that someone would want to take a picture with you. Yeah, and above is yes, and below is no. You're above that line. Well, especially when I'm seeing Astros fans yeah, at, a, at a game when, yeah. Uh, yeah, like they're coming. And it's happened a couple times already, like yeah. at, at the Astros ballpark where yeah. people have taken pictures with me. So, uh, yeah, but I'm glad I, that would have been – I because then they would have told the story. They would have, like, sent the picture out to be like, hey, do you know who this guy is? Somebody would have told them, and they were like, guy's got quite the ego on him. I mean, he just assumed that we wanted a picture with him. My God. You would have been roundly mocked by the internet. I would have been. That was just the worst thing that can happen to you it in the world. Happen. It didn't Ever. happen. It didn't happen. You, you can't, can't live that down. You caught yourself at the last second. <laughs> it really was. It was, I would, it was funny. I would have No, because I would have figured it out if I, like – had started to pose and they looked confused or something. Um, they would have, uh, then they would have asked like, oh, well, who are you? Anyway? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the worst. I, I never know how to answer that question. When somebody's, when somebody's like, you look familiar, who are you? What do you do? And I'm like, I don't like, it feels kind of okay. arrogant. You're like, oh, I'm kind of a, actually kind of a big deal. It, it, okay. uh, but I'm you, surprised you didn't know. But you would have had to answer the question if they yeah. asked that. You're not going to not answer. So this is what be- I usually say. Because you were down here covering yeah. the Astros for your current employer radio station, yeah. would you have said you are a radio host or would you have said you're a former NFL football I, I usually say, like, I do a little television and radio and stuff. Like, yeah. if, they, if, if, if they don't. 
if they don't know me my site, then it means that they've seen me somewhere. Yeah. Like, you know, like usually radio, usually the people who listen to us on radio know us or they, or they recognize our voice. Mine sure. is, my voice kind of carries like Very I get, distinctive, uh, people yeah. like wheel around in yeah. grocery store lines sometimes. Um, but yeah, if somebody doesn't, if somebody thinks they know me. Uh, but they don't. I'm like, I, I just say, like, I do a little television here and there. You're an extraordinarily large human being compared to the rest of us, too. Yeah. So they probably would ask you, like, did you used to play? Uh, you know, did, maybe not baseball, but like. But you... I also look a little bit like Case Keenum. Every now and then I look like, depending on how heavy I am, sometimes I look like Brian Cushing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, gotta, I look like a few different people, too. <laughs> so I never want to disappoint them and be like, I'm not okay. Case Keenum, all Has right? Has anybody okay. ever mistaken you for Case Keenum, like out in public? Just not in public, in pictures. In pictures. Like pictures, pictures, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that in pictures. The one that I used to get all the time, as you know, is John Rocker. Yeah. When I get down, when I get down to about That's two. That's who you should have said you are. <laughs> John Rocker. Here at spring You got an training. issue with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, at spring training You're especially. At baseball, yeah. Um, when I weigh, yeah, today's the Braves game. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, but I have to weigh, like, when I weigh, like, 265, when I get skinnier, then yeah. I look a lot like John Rocker. Yeah. The one time after the Super Bowl, when Thurman Thomas and John Rocker and I were hanging out, <laughs> I told Rocker, I was like, you know, like, I actually, like, I know John, right, uh, I was in a little bit of a frumpy pants uh, stage at yeah. that point, so I didn't look like him. I was like, I used to, like, I'll, believe it or not, I used to get mistaken for you, especially when I flew through Atlanta, and I would have to, like, politely decline signing things, and people would get upset because they thought that John Rocker was refusing to sign an autograph, <laughs> so I was, almost felt like I should just sign the autograph. So anyway, Rocker, I could tell he didn't quite believe me, and then later that night, we were out for a while, and I was, I was talking to Rocker, and he's looking at me, and he and Thurman Thomas are like, Good buds too. It's weird, yeah. um, but it, it was like one of my boyhood heroes. Rocker's looking at me, and, and all of a sudden we had a few drinks, and all of a sudden he was like, "Oh, son of a bitch, you do look a lot like me." <laughs> and it was like it was like we were looking in a mirror at each other, you know, when you're just drunk. Yeah, enough. like the two the two Spider Mans pointing. Except at each it was other. the opposite of beer god because I could tell he was disappointed. Yeah. It yeah. was like, "Oh, this is what I look like." The best, <laughs> the, the, the best. Would have been, that's funny. The best would have been if you were out and you're standing like next to each other, yeah. and this fan comes and goes, "John Rocker," and runs up and goes past comes him and hugs yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. We're live in Florida. Again, as Spo said, thanks to Shoppa's John Deere for bringing us down here for spring training. It's been an awesome week. Top of the hour, we'll talk about winners and losers from this week here that we spent in Florida. But right now, uh, Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins, could there be a reunion in New England? How would Texan fans react to that? It is a possibility right now. We will get to that next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. It is indeed Payne and Pendergast live in Florida. Man, it's nice down here. I recommend it to anybody. If you're an Astro fan, get down here for spring training. We've just had a phenomenal week. Uh, big thanks to Shoppers John Deere and Academy Sports and Outdoors for bringing us down here. It's been awesome. The, tri- the, the trick that you and I realized yesterday, though, is like if you're going to get tickets, be sure you just look look at the direction of the stadium and everything and figure yes. out where you're going to be in the shade. Be in the shade. Because like yesterday was the perfect day where if you're in the shade, it was like paradise. But if you weren't, it was probably Not. kind of a kind of grueling. Yeah, guy. yeah, no, it's a great recommendation, Seth. Absolutely, yeah. It's because you and I we did a little concourse walking. Well, we had to at times because. These stadiums are not as convenient for media members to get from the press box to the clubhouse as it is at Minute Maid Park. Yeah. Um, so we had to do a lot of walking the catwalk and the concourse and things like that. But it was fun. These are they're, they're nice little ballparks, man. It's a it's a good time. It's very laid back, and you get to see some big leaguers. It's, it's a really cool. it's a unique experience because you're seeing like big name dudes. Obviously, you've got the it's like being at a Triple A game, but where you've got like. Like two thirds of the best players are down on assignment. Yeah, you know, like yeah. It's, um, it's yeah. If these are minor league games, this would be the most injured team you've ever seen for both teams. Yeah, though, too. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh wow, these are the two most banged up MLB teams. So we're having the greatest AAA game of yeah. all time. It's basically like an all star game. It's fun. Um, we'll talk more about it top of the hour. We'll do winners and losers from this week, our week here at uh, at spring training. As far as the NFL goes, and the. Uh, the draft, the combine, the we're we're a, a week away. A week from Monday is the beginning of free agency. Oh, the beginning oh. of the legal tampering period is a yeah. week from Monday, so free agency is almost here. Tamp that ass. That's right. So there, so there's a lot of teams that have work to do. Save that. Save that. that. Going to tamp that ass. You guys need some catchphrases? I got a few for you here. <laughs> Houston Texans, tamp that ass. Um, so. Uh, not the Texans, but Nick Casario's former employer, the New England Patriots, who are now currently the employer of Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. And man, there are some interesting, there's some interesting uh, tentacles to this whole thing here that could affect the Texans. At the very least, could affect Texan fans emotionally if one scenario plays out. The Patriots are in need of a wide receiver. And as it's pointed out in this article in The Athletic by um, Chad Graff, who I believe covers the Patriots, probably their beat guy. He's doing kind of an overview of things the Patriots need to do this offseason, and he's honing in on the wide receiver position. And he's he, no Sando. He points out Sando's the best. Yeah. He points out that, that typically Belichick does not like to use high draft picks on wide receivers. Right. If he needs receiver help, it typically or typically it's veteran wide receivers. Yeah. So the, could the Patriots be dipping into the trade market? Well, uh, T. Higgins, it's been made clear he's not available by the – general manager, Cowboy Duke Tobin, um, he, uh, he said that uh, T. Higgins not available. Or at least he's going to drive a hard bargain. Which, yep. like, even though the Patriots have gotten more aggressive lately, I don't think they're going to you know, do what they think is an overpay for T. Higgins. Right, right. Um, 
the, the article points out, hey, but when Stefan Diggs got traded by the Vikings, the Vikings were insisting they weren't going to trade him either and then yeah. sent him to the Bills yeah. when the offer got high enough. I don't know if Belichick is in the business of sending like a first, a fourth, and two sixths for a quarterback. Remember, too, that Steph Diggs was disgruntled. He was. Where T. Higgins isn't necessarily disgruntled. At all, right? I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Steph Diggs admit agitating. Here's where this is going. So where does that leave New England? Its top trade options at this point are probably, and these are both fun, Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. I know him. And Brandon Cooks. He's dead to me. <laughs> the guess here. <laughs> He's okay, not. He's see, not. see what you think about this. Okay. The guess here, this is the article saying this, the price tag for Hopkins would be a two. Okay. And the price tag for Cooks would be a three, a third round pick. Okay. Uh, does that sound right to you? That probably sounds right. I saw somebody describe Brandon Cooks as on an affordable contract. He's the 15th highest paid receiver by average per year okay. right now, which I, like last year's performance didn't justify that. But, you know, there are some variables last year. I think there, there are probably some teams that think that, yeah, we can still get something good out of Brandon Cooks. He's not as old as you think he is. He's just always got a grumpy look on his face like your grandpa. Well, he's been everywhere. So you think that, he's yeah, because he's teams. been around forever. Yeah. But he's still in his 20s. So I think that... I think that that's probably appropriate. He's kind of gone from a guy that was traded for a first rounder a couple times to a guy that was traded for a second rounder. This time it makes sense that it would be a third rounder. If they trade his contract as is, yeah. it's actually a big cap savings for the Texans. If they trade it as if is. If they don't have to eat any of the salary. If they don't have to eat any of the salary. Yeah. Now, I, you know, his salary, the, the flip side is he's set to make $18 million this year and $16 million the following year, 16 or 17 something like that. So, so it's a rental. I mean, for a team taking him on, they only get him for two years at a pretty high price. I, don't, price. I keep seeing it framed as a bargain, whereas last year at the trade deadline, the salary was the issue. It's, I think it depends on the team, honestly. Yeah. It's a, like the rest of Brandon Cook's career, he's in a very weird spot yeah. when it comes to how he's valued. Like he, he, for, the, for the entirety of his career before he got to the Texans, he was a guy who was traded for first-round picks multiple times. Yeah. He was a first-round pick himself, played for four years in New England, then was traded for a first-round pick to New England, then New England trades him for a first-round pick to L.A., mm -hmm. and then even the Texans traded a two for him, so he still had, had value there. traded around like a Kardashian, basically. A little bit, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Those athletes. So... So, I you know a third round pick for Cooks if you don't have to eat any of that salary. Yeah, I think I'd be good with. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be good with that as long as you don't have to take any of the salary on it. I'm still um, open to keeping him if he's if if he's not a disruption to the locker room. This is what look. I'm not saying that uh, DeAndre Hopkins Bill O'Brien reunion can't happen. Yeah, but I would like the writers that write about it to at least acknowledge that. There's a history between those two yeah. that DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, wastes no opportunity to talk about what a stupid trade it was. Um, and that also there was the report that Bill O'Brien used to love to tell stories, cautionary tales of Aaron Hernandez to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Now, Hopkins, Hopkins kind of shut that down. Um, I guess like maybe they could. You know, O'Brien could take him on an Aaron Hernandez reality tour in, uh, in with New the England? Patriots. Yeah. yeah. He'd be like, hey, D-Hop, you know how yeah. I used to tell you all these stories about Aaron Hernandez? Here's where he used to live in Massachusetts. Yeah. Let's go to Bristol for the day. Let's go to the safe house we got for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what, they remember? got him a safe house? I know yeah. they did. I, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, the Patriots got him a safe house. They did. The they Texans, did. The Texans, 
People love to try to frame it like the Texans were like knew what DeAndre Hopkins was doing and got him a hotel at the Houstonian to enable Deshaun, him to do Deshaun this. Deshaun Watson. What did I say? DeAndre oh, Hopkins. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, so they could enable it, which is nonsense. Yeah. Some of the worst journalism I've ever seen the way that was framed. And yet, the, the Patriots who got Aaron Hernandez an actual safe house kind of skate on by. Like, oh, no big deal. Everything's cool here. How would Texan fans react Obviously, there'd be a lot of different ones, but what would be the what would be the majority of the reaction to Texan fans if Bill O'Brien was reunited with DeAndre Hopkins in New England? I I think it would be a get your popcorn moment, yeah, a little bit. I, I don't know if there'd have to be some kind of uh, like a, a maybe a reconciliation. I don't know how much bad blood there is between those two, but it would probably be awkward. Well, Bill O'Brien's not the decision maker anymore, right? Right? You know? Right? I, know, you know, I, I get what you're saying, just so they can work together. Yeah, not not for it to happen, but for if once it did happen, for them to work together. Again. I think that. The part the part that O'Brien might like is that he's not going to be the one in charge of you know being sure DeAndre Hopkins practices and all that. Yeah. So, but that that's where I think but it, it does affect him. Though. I think that's why it doesn't happen though, is because Belichick's going to go to O'Brien and say, oh, "What do you think about us bringing in DeAndre Hopkins?" And O'Brien's going to say, "Like I just we didn't see eye to eye because I wanted him to practice more and be out there more." And DeAndre Hopkins didn't want to practice because he wanted to be sure he was preserved and yeah. healthy and all that. Um, and I think that gets nipped in the bud, unless unless there's some kind of conversation between the three of them. My my reaction would be what you just said, which would be get your popcorn. I I, yeah. I wouldn't have any like like anger or joy or anything one way or the other. I think it'd be fascinating to watch. I think what's interesting about the speculation in this article about Hopkins for a second round pick is it reportedly he wants another contract. Like yeah. he, he's got a couple years left, and so the ironic thing is that that's why Bill O'Brien said he traded him back in 2020 was DeAndre wanted a new contract. We weren't willing to do it. We got to spend money on a combination of Whitney Merciless, he, David Johnson, yeah. and Brandon Cook. He didn't say that. He yeah. went and did that. But, he, but, but he, said, he said DeAndre wanted a new contract. We weren't willing to do that, so we made this move in the best interest of the team. And then he got a second-round pick for him when his value was clearly at least a first and then some. The irony in this would be, a second is probably the right thing for Hopkins now at this stage if he wants a new contract. A couple years advanced in age. Like the, and, the, the team yeah. with O'Brien would be trading for Hopkins when the value is finally right yeah. as opposed to O'Brien who traded him and just butchered the whole thing. Are you thing. afraid that Bill O'Brien will uh, pretend that time doesn't exist? Yes, I'm afraid this, he'll take a victory be, lap. This will be vindication 100%, of the hundred percent, yes. Jack Easterby will put some kind of uh, <laughs> yes, yes. vindictive Bible quote. I think O'Brien will take a little snarky victory lap with it, and he, I will allow that if he promises that the Patriots have to sign David Johnson to an $11 million contract. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. He's allowed to take a victory lap if he takes on David Johnson, who... Is, I, I don't know what David Johnson's up to. He didn't play football last year. He was going to be the bell cow, remember? Yeah. That was, the, that was my moment of horror. It wasn't even the trade itself. It was when it started to actually feel like, oh, these guys actually do think they're going to get more out of David Johnson. Right. A man who looks like he just doesn't even want to play football anymore. No. <laughs> like I wanted to play more than he did. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that'll be fascinating. I don't think the DeAndre Hopkins thing hap- happens because of that, that new contract yeah. dynamic, too. I don't, oh, I forgot. David Johnson played for the Saints last year. He had 12 carries for 24 yards. That's almost more than two yards per carry. It's John. almost, it's almost more. more than two. It is almost more. It <laughs> it's is. up out of the ones. It is. Which is something that we were hoping for out of various uh, guys at, at times. I think the, the one thing to remember about DeAndre Hopkins is that he played with so many different quarterbacks, and the only one that he didn't improve was Brock Osweiler. Yeah. 
Like yeah. a, Osweiler was so bad that he couldn't actually make it work with with DeAndre Hopkins. No, ha, ha, yeah. he's a wonderful player. No, he'll doubt make about Mac, that. he'll make Mac Jones better. Just because yeah. he's a you, you can you can throw the ball up to him. If New England can get yeah. Hopkins for a two, I, I don't know what their cap situation is, but Mac Jones is on his rookie deal. You're not paying a quarterback right now, yeah. So you can splurge a little bit. All right, we've been in uh, we've been in uh, Lake Worth Beach all week long. Thanks, right near West Palm Beach. Uh, let's recap our week. Four winners and four losers from our trip to Florida for spring training. Brought to you by Shoppa's John Deere. That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.